back here on the Boston Show alongside John Beckler here. We're going up to Rhode Island to Bryant to talk to Jared Grasso and Coach the Bryant Bulldogs. Coach Grasso, how life up there in Rhode Island been the head coach of the Bryant Bulldogs, man? Life is good. Hectic, but good. Trying to uh, do a lot of things and cram it into a amount of time. It's been exciting and uh, couldn't be a better opportunity for me and my family up here at Bryant University. Seth, what does this mean to you, man, uh, to lead this program and just step into this university up there in Rhode Island? Man, I know you've been an owner for a long time, man, doing a great job there as an assistant. So how does it your own program and run, run your own ship now? I mean, it couldn't be more exciting. My uh, Being the son of a coach, I was kind of born into the game and knew that I wanted to be a coach. And obviously your dream is to be a Division One head coach and not the opportunity and a place that I really believe is a sleeping giant. I mean, I think that. The academics and the, the, the beautiful campus and the, the support from our president and uh, athletic staff. I mean, I think it's a place for a chance to do some spec things. So I couldn't be more excited to be here and you know, looking forward to trying to get this thing rolling. So, Coach, let's expand on that a little bit as far as the administration goes at Bryant. And, um, you know, what, what is it that resonated with you as far as the administration was concerned? Um, you know, for you, your family, to make uh, you feel like it was the right time and the right place for you to. to, to um, move on with your family into a new spot? I mean, first off, President Makeley is, is a visionary and has done so many unbelievable things here, building the campus in the last 20 years. And, you know, Bill Smith, our athletic director, has done a phenomenal job hiring coaches. And there's been so much athletic success here. And I think the basketball program is the the front porch to, to a university like Bryant. And, and I think we're, we're in a position where we have – staff and faculty who want to see SESI or student body who want to see a winning basketball program. And I think with the success we had at Iona at major level, kind of I've seen the blueprint for what works at this level and type of players you need and how hard you need to work and the things you need to do to win at this level. And I think this is a place that wants to win. And that really excited me here and here in the president and athletic director that we're going to give you the resources you need to be successful in a place that wants to see a winning program because I'm coming here with the, the vision of, being a you know a perennial uh, contender to win the NEC championship, and that's my plan is what I like to build this into over the next few years. And coach, your conference I've been putting the map by the UMBC run there. You know they made in Vermont always typically being good and up there as well. I mean, I know your whole life was coaching, so I can only imagine recruiting wise, knowing the area, knowing the, the basis of your financial for your program, you're in a good spot to hit ground running and finding good players who fit your mold and fit your brand of mid major so you can compete for turn term year and play and go on beyond and pay mixed noise and mark my madness there, coach. Absolutely. I've been in the last 15 years and, you know, recruited the New England area quite a bit, metropolitan area. So I think my relationships and contacts I have in this region are as strong as anybody's. And, you know, Bryant's an easy sell, you know, because of the academic um, situation here and because beautiful campus, beautiful facilities, you know, we're, we're upgrading our facility this summer and new locker room, video room, new team room, uh, head and chair back seating. So there's a lot of exciting things going on here. And, you know, it's my job to try and put a great product in the floor that the fans, you know, they'll excite the fans. But I think our style of play, you know, very up-tempo, trying to score and press and play in the 80s and 90s. I think hopefully that's something that will excite the fan base. And uh, like like you said, I'm ready to hit the ground running and couldn't be more excited about this opportunity. So, Coach, you touched on a little bit there as far as the player that um, you want to recruit. You spoke a little bit about what you're looking for on the court. What do you for maybe more off the court? What types of guys – do you like to bring in, do you see yourself bringing in um, high school freshmen, JUCO guys, transfers, mixture of all three? And What type of character do you like uh, in a player on your team? I mean, first of all, I'm open to taking 
both high school, high school, junior college, transfers, international kids. I'm kind of a don't leave any rock unturned, and we're going to them in different places in different areas and different kinds of kids. But they're going to have to fit the Bryant mold, which is student first and we care about their academics. And obviously, such a great academic reputation here that American kids are attracted to. And I want high character guys who love basketball and want to work at it. You know, I've been blessed enough to go to five NCAA tournaments and two NITs in the last seven years at Iona. We've had 22 kids play professionally from the NBA to the G League to overseas. And at five guys at Portsmouth Invitational, guys at the Summit the last six years. So I think I've been around, uh, been able to have success recruiting and been around kids who laugh, love being in the gym. And the kind of guys who will be successful for me or I want kids who want to be pros, who want to make money playing basketball and put the time and the work in to do it. And I learned the blueprint from Tim Kloos and Iona and kind of going to try and carry that over here with we, we want to try and be the hardest for team in the country. And I told the guys we want to be in better shape than anybody in the country. And those are our goals. And we're going to work every really hard every day to make those things become a reality. Folks, yeah, Jerry Grasso on the Boston Show with Jerry on top of the Bulldogs, the coach. Um, have you got to get on the court with the guys yet and uh, use you know, the two hours you have to give them some of the philosophies and principles, or it's more so letting them, letting them play pickup to kind of figure out how they play and how they would fit in your system of playing fast? Yeah, I mean, I've been on the floor within the last two weeks now, so we've had about five workouts, and, you know, I'm trying to feel these guys out, and I'm sure they're trying to feel me out a little bit, probably a little bit philosophically the previous staff, and, you know, we play fast, so everything we do is in the full court. You need to be in a certain kind of condition to play that way. So, you know, the rule talks about we want to play fast, we want to run, but now our guys are starting to learn how hard it is to do that and get in and how hard you need to work to do those things. And, again, it's, it's a little bit different. When you're going to press and play fast, you've got to be in the best shape of your lives. And I think after these number of weeks and a half into workouts, the guys are kind of learning what my standard is and the things that I'm looking for, and I'm learning about them and what they're all about. So, kind of a pair of getting to know each other you know we have 10 returning guys who i didn't recruit but i'm gonna treat them like they're guys i recruited and they're they're my guys now and i owe it to them give them everything i help them reach their goals and in the meantime trying to recruit and upgrade our talent level and do the things we can to make ourselves really good at i coached uh we're always talk, interested in talking to coaches about uh how they go about setting their non-conference schedule yours is probably set um, for the foreseeable future at least, but when you get the opportunity to put your hands on the non-conference skill, what do you think your intention is going to be there? Do you uh, think you go you know, a real hard non-conference and try to you know test your team early before non before conference play starts, or kind of maybe a few uh, games that can you know help build your confidence and then lead into some harder games that are going to challenge your guys leading into the conference play? I think the combination of both and some some winnable home-and-home home series in the region, and there's enough teams in New England area and the metropolitan area that we can start in home-and-home series. And we also want to challenge ourselves and play some guarantee games. We're going to play some high-major games. Give ourselves a barometer of where we're at. And, listen, that's the reason you play college basketball, play some of those games and in great environments. And, you know, I've been blessed enough to, you know, at Iona, we beat Maryland by 26. We beat Wake Forest twice, one at Georgia. So I've been part of some great, you know, higher-level BCS type of upsets. I think it's something that'd be great for them and team programs. So we're absolutely going to do those things. We'll also play some regional games and some regional series that we feel are games we have a chance to win. Now, Coach, uh, who are some coaches and individuals who had great impact on your career professionally and, and personally here that's to help you get to the point you are today, man? You know, first would have to be my father. I was blessed to be, the, you know, the son of a coach and grew up around the game. My dad coached high school, college, coached family, uh, Worked with Rick Pitino for a short while with the Knicks. So and my dad was my my mentor, my hero, and you know, someone who 
I looked up to who kind of led me into this profession. Um, and then a- after playing in college, my college coach, Joe Dance, was a guy who actually played for him at Quinnipiac University. Then I went to work for him as an assistant coach. And funny enough, now the interim head coach at Fordham, I hired him as an assistant. So I've been around him in every facet of my life. Played for him, worked for him, and then he worked for me. So he's the guy who was a great player, great coach, and someone I continue to lean on. And you know, those are two guys who have been with me. You know, I'm, obviously my dad was with me day one until he passed. And Coach DeSantis recruited me since my sophomore year of high school. He's been that my past 20 years. So those are two guys I really lean on a lot and kind of have helped my guide me throughout my playing career, through my coaching career, and now up until today, so I was able to uh, land this opportunity. So one of the things uh, Jr. and I like to. to get a handle on because uh, we talked to guys from all different sports backgrounds all over the country so we like to dial in the food spots right so we use the coaches and the players from the country to, to give us an idea where the food spots are this is around around the country so since you've been there have you found that spot have you found a hot spot where you like to hit it up for lunch or dinner maybe Unfortunately, I've been working on much. The meals have been power bars and, uh, and the vitamin waters and the food was pretty awesome my desk uh, right. that has been a lot of eating unfortunately with 20 days right now um so I'm a little behind on that. Next next time we connect, I'm sure I'll have a few spots for you. I hadn't eaten very well last week. It's been a week of power bars. That That's what all the new coaches say, right, JR? Not enough time bars. in the day, unfortunately, right now. Hey, hey, when you try to get this program established, Coach, I, we understand. You got anybody you can, anybody your best friend, convenience store, your best friend, Wendy's, fast food, everything. You're just your best friend right now. You don't got time to sit down and ask Ruth Chris, they can get you a good steak and just enjoy yourself. Not yet. <laughs> but that being said, when, when things slow down, Ruth Chris may be the first stop. I'll be at the Providence Ruth Chris very shortly. Yes, indeed, eggs are great. Steak. I love me a good Ruth Chris steak. Love it. Amen to that. Hey, Coach Grass, so I say what, man. Well, let's talk to you, Jay. Good for talking with you, Coach. Before I talk to you again down the road, as you close the season, go out and catch up with you again, Coach. See how things are going with you, man. All right, folks, it's Jared Grasso on the Boss Man Show. show we are here it's three man weave it's boss beckler and jc what is good my good brothers hey man it's another day another day in paradise man i hear that bro i hear you man you know i'm glad to have you with us out of the audience for beckler's hill man we got a great segment today man bro how was that uh Brunch, man. This weekend, clicks for you started. How was that brunch, y'all? Hey, I saw, I saw some of the footage. Okay. I saw some of the cleanup. Yo, yo. Hey, man, this weekend, uh, yeah, we was busy, man. Saturday, quick, Sunday, uh, downtown, downtown Memphis, man, karaoke brunch. You know, it was a good look for Three Kings, man. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was nice, man. It was a lot of, uh, a lot of wagons. A lot of wagons at the, uh, at the brunch, man. <laughs> <laughs> the big slab of prime rib on the table wasn't the only yeah, thing that was cooking, huh? Yeah, they were dragging them wagons, man. <laughs> exactly. Man, look, I, I, I want to get the way Lewis, but I got to start with Tristan Thompson, bro. Like, we 
got Tristan Thompson. He got a flagrant foul, two shots in the ball here. Tristan Thompson got caught swapping spit with two more four dashing women. A clerk of dashing at home pregnant, about to go on later. Hey, but we all know the uh, the curse of the Kardashian women. Uh, they have wrecked the lives and careers of so many uh, prominent black athletes. Um, I think it's a good thing for Tristan. I think you know, you know, it's it looking at it as a scandal right now. But Tristan Thompson is going to be an all star next year. All right, <laughs> because he's trying to break the Kardashian curse. He is getting with other women. All right, I mean, and in, in doing this, he's going to have a great year next year. That's a good point, Jr. That's a good point. It's kind of like <clears throat> when the Red Sox had to break that long curse. You know, they had to do something to buck the trend. They tried all kinds of different stuff, and then maybe, maybe, just maybe, the the Kardashian, the black aura of the Kardashian family will uh, be lifted over over these young men that are coming up. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. I mean, there you go. Was the other way around. I thought it was Miles Austin, then Reggie, and then he, then they just started trucking. <laughs> then it was off of the races after Miles Austin, dude. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and first, first of the band was Ray J. <laughs> don't Ray J started all that video. I, I looked, I've had that porno in my old DVD collection. Uh, I still have yeah, it. I, I was back with it. My, yeah. I, back then, I was a day one man. I used to watch porn. I don't watch it no more. I'm so, retired. <laughs> Let's well, do it, man. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 you know, JC and I didn't agree with you right away. <laughs> there was like a, a half a second silence right there. JC and I were like, hmm, that's good for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, look here. We got the sucking spit swap with Tristan also. Shattered Twitter with his messy poon hop shenanigans. Like, bro, I ain't never seen Twitter pop like this over this sunken dude. He's, his sunken place... Lips is all over my Twitter, Instagram, my Facebook. Everybody trying to see Tristan. I mean, like, the dude that ain't never been just popping for it. I feel like this, y'all. LeBron James has some Trump in. He can't be Trump by somebody lower than him. I think he'll be trading off season with this. If he comes to Tristan, Tristan no training. This. If I ever put a playoff start, he's going to try to Trump me with your scandal. Oh, no. You're gone, bro. 
<laughs> JC, that's a good point. What do you think, man? Well, uh, like you said, I, and, and another point also, guys, that we're failing to forget. We're Canadian. So, you know, you know, like, I mean, Canadians are a little different. You know, a little bit weird. So, I think that comes to play also as far as how sloppy uh, Tristan has been uh, with all of this, man. Uh, the fact that he's Canadian, I think, plays a, plays a factor into it. And then also, it's bad time and playoffs right around the corner. Um, and then, yeah, you know, if LeBron does decide to stay in Cleveland next year, yeah, I could see him uh, playing GM and uh, and, and giving uh, Tristan the boot there. So, so quick aside, out of the three of us, I think LeBron's going to take off. What do you guys think? You know what? If, if not, if if he doesn't say, if he doesn't say Cleveland, I, I'll say he's Houston. Wherever he goes, I think what I think what he wants to do is like he. He came to Cleveland. He was a successful start. He went to Miami. Started winning championships. He came back to Cleveland, put Cleveland on the map, won them a championship, and now, depending on no matter what happens this year, he's going to say to himself, "I can win championships wherever I go. That's going to be my legacy." Pretty much, I, I feel that way. But why am I going to Houston, JC? Just you got to resign Chris Paul. You got to got James Harden. It's going to be a sign and trade because he can't go to the sign for the minimal because they're, they're capped out in Houston. Let's try to sign and trade like Ryan Anderson and Eric Gordon or something to try and trade in Houston on a four year max deal. But then give him actually one wants to play ball and help out the guard. That's the other, that's the other key, too. Mm, not likely. Yeah. So, if I'm going to do an outright signing and Houston don't have the cap space to do it, like, Unless you sign LeBron first and let Chris Paul and the Bird Rice sign Chris Paul after you sign LeBron. But I got I got to look into the cap stuff, stuff on it. But it's, yeah, that's what I can do right now. Now, you know? JC, let me ask you this. Like, he hasn't really played in a, in a, I mean, I guess Miami's a big market. I wouldn't call it a major market. Like, we're talking with, you know, New York, Los Angeles, as you brought up, Houston's a much bigger market than Miami. So, what... <clears throat> what do you think? How do you think that factors in? Do you think he may might want to go to one of these bigger, you know, bigger markets and then at least try his hand at that? I mean, if he's kind of on the, you know, second half of his career, so to speak, maybe he wants to do that before he uh, retires. And that's that's a great point, Beckler. Um, you know, thinking about a guy who, you know, at this point, you know, wants to be the first with one billion dollar athlete. Um, guy that, you know, is very concerned about his brand globally, may, may, it may be very well, you know, at this point in his career, he has rings, he'll, he'll be back in the finals again this year, you know, why not put yourself in a position in a bigger market, also with a team that can, can compete, you know, for uh, for more championship rings in the future, so I think, I think all that's going to play, you know, play a factor in his decision, but I, I'm just ready for another <laughs> summer of LeBron, you know, it's going to be another interesting couple of months here and all the praise or criticism that's going to come his way for whichever franchise he chooses. I'm with you. I'm with you. I want to cover this. I'll back up the line here. Ray Lewis. Hmm. A man who likes to use God as his little crush. He wants to attack people. He thought God around and then he tries to always cover his tracks, but 
if Willie D calls Ray Lewis, I think he's something that rounds with soon. I'm just being honest about him. That's what I think Ray Lewis is. But Ray Lewis says, Odell Beckham has removed God from his life. That's why he's having so much trouble in Jamaica. How is this man who allegedly may have killed two people in trying to say someone has been off their lives allegedly hearing two people from their lives? I'm just saying. So, what are you all's take on Ray Lewis and how he likes to use God as this uh, weapon against people he wants to or uses to cover himself from criticism or, or other stuff? How he uses God as his shield to get around, do dirt, dirt, or whatever he wants to do, but, but all under the roots of God? Mm, you want to go first? Yeah, I mean, just real quick, I'll, I'll throw it to you, JC, after this, but I mean, whatever his motivations are, Ray Lewis, it's whomever you're talking about is best between them if they're a religious person then it's between them and how they you know uh, worship and how they hold their religion if they're not a religious person then they don't really have anything to to say to the, the point that you're making if they're not a religious person they don't have a relationship with god so it's a non-starter so i it's always best to me <clears throat> unless you're having a conversation about religion same thing with politics. Leave religion and politics out of it, and just deal with the the uh, facts as you know them. Yeah, um, and, and like you said, you know, I think uh, Jay Cole said it best in a song he had uh, had out about a year or two ago called "False Prophets," and I, I definitely uh, classify Ray Lewis uh, amongst uh, that category of false prophets. There, um, yeah, you talk about a guy who. Basically, you know, escaped a murder charge uh, in Atlanta almost what, 16, 17 years ago now, and he just he puts himself out there as this this holier than thou person. When Ray Lewis got what uh, four, five, six, you know, different kids, maybe more than that. I, I may I may be off my count there, but like I just when did Ray Lewis just become like this spiritual leader for for athletes? Black athletes, you know, in, in general, like it's one thing, it's one thing to mentor somebody, but I think I think Ray Lewis probably better third to do those type of things behind behind the scenes. Yep, I think he set himself up for failure when he puts himself out there, uh, publicly, you know, as um, you know, this, this guy firing brimstone and you know, cast down on all these athletes that are misbehaving. When, bro, you just okay, the murder charge. Odell didn't murder anybody. <laughs> you know, like it's, they, these players have not done anything as serious as compared to what Ray Lewis has been through. You bring up a good point. I, I I don't want to step on you, but you brought up a good point, JC. And that was a lot of the stuff should be done in the background. You know, a lot of the stuff is done in the background. Most of the the, the most um, philanthropic and generous things that a lot of people of notoriety do, we don't we don't know about. And we'll never know about. Like these people have done right. things that we'll, we don't know about. They'll they'll cut checks, they'll give time, and we don't ever hear about it because they do it altruistically. They do it, you know, uh, they give of them own, their own selves with for not for notoriety. But I think the point you're making is it seems like he might be doing this to, to keep himself in the spotlight or to get himself into the spotlight more, uh, so on and so forth. And I think you might be right about that. Hey, you know some pattern here. Yeah. You know some pattern here. Deion Sanders, mm. Ray Lewis, mm-hmm. Michael Irvin, 
uh, Warren Sapp, uh, let's go for somebody else, uh, Shaquille O'Neal. You have these guys, or Chris Carter, they reach out to these young, quote, mentor these young players, when they talk about, like, nah, I'm good, then they turn on and attack them. Mm, that's it. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they hit me on the head there, boss. Like I said, and these players are not dumb. Like, they they know that, you know, these cats like Chris Carter, Dion, Michael Irvin, they're, they're, they are self serving, you know, with the things that they do. So, and like, their lives are a mess. You know, come on. Like, I'm supposed to take advice from Warren Sapp. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, a guy who got booed off the NFL Network for, uh, you know, uh, kicking a prostitute, like, you know, it's like, I mean, it's like, you know, basically, you know, the old adage of, you know, don't throw stones at a glass house. You know what I'm saying? Like, as far as, look at yourself first. And like, if your, if your house is truly in order, okay, then, you know, come help me or come into me. And even then, don't do it in a way where, you know, you're trying to get some type of shine or fame off of it. Like, if you real brother of mine and, you know, you really want to see me do well, like, you just counsel me behind the scenes. And then at that point, if I choose to put out who helped me to get to a better you know, place in my life, then I'll say, you know, this person helped me. But like you said, you know, Ray Lewis and those type of guys, they, they really serve themselves. And it's all, you know, it's, it's all for, uh, for the media. That, that's, that's all it is, yep, yeah. that's the exact point that I was thinking of when when uh, you were leading up to the, the point of your statement was that they they do these things because they want to hit their wagon to this person's future success. So if they put it out there that they help this young man, he then becomes successful. Then they don't have to say anything about them helping the kid. They the media will do it for them. Everybody else will say, "Oh yeah, right. remember when so and so helped him?" And that's a disservice right. to the young man because you don't know what you know. Maybe the, the advice they gave him was terrible you know like maybe for instance you know if you were to help a young tennis star and you coach them up and said hit it where they ain't you know right <laughs> exactly. exactly like it's crazy how you know what these people be doing man and also we got these guys NFL and what Fox said this the Cleveland Rose jerseys will not be football. thank God for that Cleveland jerseys were horrible what I've seen with Tennessee Jacksonville mustard this is the South Blue Kool-Aid Terrible. So, are you all glad Thursday Night Football will be now color rushless now? Yeah, because I was going color blind <laughs> with all those. Uh, <laughs> I put those, uh, those colors, man. Uh, I think the worst from my uh, my perspective was uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, color rush jerseys. All those were horrible, man. Like the, the castle colors jerseys there, and the Rams were pretty bad. Oh, and the Rams yeah. all yellow. I, I'm more of a fan yeah. of when they go back to like I, I'm not a like I don't whatever I mean you, you put, like the the color combo of your team I'm more of a classic I kind of, when it comes to jerseys like, I like the classic jerseys classic logos that type of stuff not because I'm like some kind of you know logo purist I just think they look cool you know the art the art was still cool now it's it's almost like the, it's, it's too modern to me you know it's like too modern too futuristic exactly yeah, and also we got the guys. Trevor Davis up in Falcons was arrested for saying, asking uh, his girl he was with at the, the LAX, do you, you have a um, My man. Now I make a bomb joke at the airport. What was he thinking? Like, it basically, he was, are you a Florida man by any chance? But no, nah, you're not a Florida man. 
Trevor. You're just a dumb man. Like, what are you doing? Like, funny to me. Now you got a, you, now you got a record and you got to be a court on May 3rd now for being stupid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You got to talk to a little to being dumb, man. Uh, that's just something you don't do, especially, you know, in these days and times. That's something that you don't even play with, man. Exactly. And then look at the guy. Uh, who's the actor? Uh, uh, the guy from... Uh, uh, TJ, TJ Miller. You know, you guys know what I'm talking about. Okay, yeah. uh, the guy called in. He called in a bomb threat. But it wasn't on a plane. It was like on a train or something like that. But he got arrested when he got off, when he got off his flight uh, a couple of days ago. You know, it's just something you don't, you don't play with, man. We got a couple full of stories for you. Close the shop to get that guys. Two of the stories here for you. One's a Florida man. Trust up in the, the police, guys. Typical Florida man. In fact, he went and got him a two-piece of spot Popeye's spicy with some fries and some potatoes. It was jamming to future and rammed the car to the police station for each of them. Ram through the police. It's gotta be spicy. <laughs> I don't care what what story we have. If it involved Popeyes, it, it, it was always the spicy. It'll be every it's original from Popeye. <laughs> That's, yeah, I, I always get rich. Oh. Can't handle the spice. Oh man, come on, yeah. bro! You can't handle the spice. Gotta go with the original. That's that's because gotta go, gotta go that's go you're uh, you're spicy. You're spicy enough already, JC. There you go. Yeah, yeah there you go, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah, man. Uh, Look, I love chicken for though. But like my man rammed the car up. He said he injured five cops. Go right that in the future. We go hard or go home, man. Go hard or go home. Mickey, Mickey. You got that right. We got this. Uh, Florida woman is arrested after giving topless blowjob in Walmart parking lot. Random Walmart person quote. She want to do her good deed for the day. Nice. I mean, I've heard of, I've heard of Walmart Walmart Greer's before, but that takes to a whole nother level. I can't even. <laughs> awesome, man. I can't even. I can't even. Hey, that's a whole new new position that Walmart needs to think about. Exactly. Exactly. Like a Walmart top off. Are there, are there Walmarts in Vegas? That'd be, that'd be a great position in Vegas. Yeah. What we'll call her a title. Top shelf. Yeah. I just had the image in my head of the the typical like seventy five year old geriatric grandmother. That's usually the greeter. Right, right. You know, we gonna replace her with a hot chick. You know, you know, that's topless and gonna top you off once you get them. Dude, that's that parking lot would be full. (laughs) (laughs) Sales would boom, surge. Yeah. <laughs> oh jeez! And this Tampa guys, oh, that's hey, listen, that ain't that far from you guys. You got to get down quick. James Winston, five point five. Famous James Winston. Oh man! And God, bonus story for uh, a talking cash bleep. Judge Judy snaps on misogynist talent agent who questions her. Get this, seven million dollar year salary. Judge Judy makes. For show? Dude, once that stuff goes into syndication, that's that's where all the money's at, bro. That's where all that any show that you've ever seen, like any sitcom, they make money while they're on the show. But when it goes to syndication and it gets played in reruns, that's where all that money comes from, bro. That's it's huge, huge money. Yeah, I, uh, I actually 
I heard about this story the other day in regards to actual details. And basically what was going on over the last few years, um, I guess with whatever the, uh, the parent company is, uh, for, the, for the show, for the network, they were basically doctoring the book to make it look like the show was operating in the red. And basically what happened was they doctored the book and they were basically paying her more than what she should have actually been making at the time, just to make it make like show doing really well. Mm. And so when it came back time to negotiate, you know, and she was like, "Hey, there is no negotiation. You know, it's forty-seven million or or or, or nothing." You know, like she was going, you know, quit. They wouldn't give her that. So you know, I mean, we give up to Judge Judy. You know, she worked the system, and you know, and, and basically the judge said like nobody ever questioned uh, a male or a man, you know, in that position about how much making. So. You know, more power to her, man. You know, she can manage this. You know, they were doing that to, you know, make it feel like the show was doing really well. And hey, when it came down, when it came back time for them, I guess they didn't go take a pay cut. Judge <laughs> Judy said, no, sir, to give my money. Seen yeah. <laughs> my my daughters love the court shows, dude. They love the judge shows. Yeah. Um, somebody made a Judge Mathis joke uh, the other day. He's not bad, but he's kind of stiff. It's kind of stiff for me, you know. So are you <laughs> high, sir? Are you high? <laughs> yeah, man. Don't forget about Judge Joe Brown. Also, you know, he hangs out. Yeah, yes. That's gonna be a sis. You ain't no man. You a boy. You ain't like a man training. You you ain't no man. Judge O'Brien had an old man porn stand for a black dude. That thick black old man in the 70s, Stevie Wonder, which is probably porn stand. You got that Ron Jeremy. Yeah. Ron Jeremy, a little hedgehog. Guys, we're closing the day three man weave. What did y'all take on today's segment? We covered a lot of ground, bro. Absolutely, absolutely, man. And that, and that judge, uh, by the way, her name was Faith. Uh, what's the last name? The young black. You know, I, I know visually, I know you're talking about. I just can't, can't put a, face, a name to the face right now. Yeah, it's Faith something, man. man but she was gorgeous. I'll, I'll send you guys a picture over here. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt, but bruh. Before we close up, where's y'all going to quit this weekend, bro? Oh, what we got going over there? Oh, going down once again. You know, the liveest karaoke experience in the city right here in Memphis, Big Fourth Bar and Billiard. If you're, in the, if you're in the city, you're hanging out, you know, this weekend, man. Come out of the have fun in the city. Free before 10, $5 after 10. It's going down. It's a good time. No doubt, folks. Three Man Weave, Boston, Bethlehem, JC. We out.
Boss Man Show. We just had three man weave. Now it's time for the Boss Report with my man John Beckler. John, it's time for another Boss Report, brother. Talk to Jay. Talk to, talk to uh, Jerry Grasso. Man, good show. So, for what you got? Are you ready for this report today, man? Yeah, man, I'm ready for it. Um, you know, it's a uh, spring, dude. I don't know if spring has sprung down there for you yet, but man, I tell you what. It's still a little bit chilly up my in my neck of the woods, brother. Uh, no, spring has now sprung. The heat's still been run. <laughs> 36 degrees and stuff, oh. and cold and windy. Uh, yeah, it'll be 80 degrees on the weekend, which is recipe for disaster, pneumonia weather. So, <laughs> All right. And you know everybody gets crazy that first like warm weekend. Everybody is just out of their minds, dude. You got that right. So I'll be staying away from people because I don't want to catch the – pneumonia for people who went in down to them wearing a hoodie to wearing shorts and no shirt on, for one day. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's another reason why Florida man's always naked. He doesn't have to worry about that, that weather change. His body's always acclimated. You get there, right? You get there, right? Well, folks, you've been waiting on it. It's time for it. It's here. It's the boss report. All right, John, what story is this? We got a Florida crazy, hot-headed heifer, douses his boyfriend with gas, sets him on fire with a blowtorch, saying, quote, you're going to pay after he wouldn't go down on her. <laughs> Dude, that seems like uh, punishment does not fit the crime. Okay, that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> punishment does not fit the crime. Like, <laughs> First of all, my man had to be like, incapacitated somehow because she had to go fetch a gas can and a blowtorch come back to wherever they were at douse him then light him up right yes ring him so, up lit him up right so what was he doing was he taking a nap or something he like, was on the hammock listening to Judge Mathis <laughs> I love the specificity <laughs> listening, it wasn't listening to the radio or Watching a video, so listening to Judge Mathis. <laughs> Dude, that's rough though, man. I mean, I, you light somebody up on fire. I mean, it's one thing to you know clock him upside the head or something, I guess. But man, you fire somebody up like that. I mean, I'm assuming she went after his junk, right? Of course she did. Yeah, of course she did. Exactly. <laughs> He's got to go through therapy to get his junk back in order. Yeah, uh, two kinds of therapy, man. Physical and mental. I mean, come on. Every time I listen, if somebody burned your junk, dude, every time you saw, you know, either gas or uh, an open flame, you would, like, run the other way. Exactly. Like, man, oh, man. So messed up. So freaking messed up. Yes, indeed. Well, John, we got this. We got a Arkansas man arrested after shooting his girlfriend after her dog bit off his Johnson. <laughs> so, dog bites off Johnson. Man with no Johnson shoots girlfriend? Yes. That's a scenario that you don't hear every day right there. We're two stories in, and we've lost two Johnsons already. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> oh, I mean, listen, obviously I'm not condoning, you know, gun violence, but, you know, listen, what if 
when you, if you're a woman or a man, whatever, if you attack uh, someone's genitals, let's say, whether it be man, woman, whatever, if you go after someone's genitals, you don't know what the reaction is going to be. You don't know. And they don't know. So you're biting off more than you can chew. In this case, I guess, you know, the dog bit off more, more than the girlfriend can chew. Exactly. Like, for real? Like, That's like, it's kind of like uh, you go to the club, right? And your little tiny friend is running his mouth to the biggest dude in the club, right? And then the biggest dude in the club ends up getting in the fight with the little dude, but the little dude runs away, and his boys, you and your boys, have to, you know, stand up for him, right? You got that right. So, yeah. Yeah, man. It is definitely uh, crazy. It's like, man. I don't know what to say about that. Like, your dog shouldn't be in the house anyway. Like, the, a big dog shouldn't be in the house anyway. The dog was 75 pounds, man. Oh, that's 75 pounds, man. I got, I got one of those, man. He's biting off the man Johnson. He's that hungry. He should have him, like, he should be near the man Johnson like that. I bet you, I bet you my dog's pushing, he's probably pushing 90, 90 pounds. As long as he ain't biting your Johnson, he's all right. But as long as he he's, in, but he's not biting nothing, dude. My man is sleeping or eating, that's it. Jesus Christ, like, man, man alive, we got this. We got Black China who was swinging a stroller at people with our statutory bay doing a fight at Six Flags and the jokes are writing themselves. So, wait, she was swinging what? Strollers. With our statutory bay. He's 19 years old. What, what? They were just they were, they were at each other? Were they in a fight? No, they were fighting for, for some guy. People were joking on Black China for her being with a 19 year old dude and being with Rob Kardashian. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, whatever. I, the age difference, I guess, but the <laughs> if, you're, if you're hanging with a 19 year old. At her age, you're, you're probably about that mature, right? Yeah. Which, which is why you're swinging strollers <laughs> at people. Man, it's so crazy. You're a Six Flags, though. Why are you tripping that hard, Black China? Like, I would imagine she'd probably be tripping like that anywhere she's at, bro. You're right. Su- supermarket, club, Six Flags, Sam's Club. <laughs> It is black freaking China. The tripping is real. The trippage is real for black China. Like, what is wrong with this hell? (laughs) Jesus Christ. And Uh, we have this. Maybe it's the pain meds. Maybe it's the fancy body lava. But Joel Embiid woke up from surgery and went straight, straight to tweeting Rihanna saying, quote, Rihanna, I had a surgery. I'm handsome. Talk to me. <laughs> I mean, listen, everybody's had that one surgery or even if it's a small minor procedure where they put you under, you come out groggy. You don't know what you're saying. So if I had to guess, my man, uh, he just was speaking some nonsense when he came up, but I mean, it's better better to come after Rihanna than like, what if he started tweeting that you know, some nasty chick, you know, <laughs> or, or a, exactly. a dude. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Get this. Pregnancy on the low, man. Uh, Florida woman thought her thirty-seven week pregnancy was quote just some bad Chinese food. 
So she was 30 weeks in? No, 37 weeks in. 37 weeks some, in. quote, bad Chinese food until she said, quote, there was some lava coming, coming out of my box. Then it felt real bad. I had to go to the doctor. <laughs> that take right there. Wait a minute. I'm just doing the math in my head, right? So, four weeks in a month, a nine-month pregnancy is 36 weeks. She was full-term? Yes. <laughs> I thought it was, she was Chinese food the whole time. That had to be the word. Like, what? Where did you get this? Ch- not. <laughs> I mean, listen, Chinese food sometimes can it, maybe might not agree with you, depending on what you get and where you get it from. But it ain't gonna be nine months worth of you know problems for your indigestion, your, your digestive system. Like, like dude, thirty-seven weeks, mm-hmm. and then out comes the baby. Yes, that's dude. which. And then here's another thing: like, you did nothing for that baby for thirty-seven weeks. Like, you were you were pregnant. You took like no vitamin supplements. You went to no doctor's visits. The only thing you did for that kid was take some Rolex. <laughs> exactly. Like, what? So messed up, bro. So messed up. Florida. Florida woman thinking it's Chinese food. That's so god awful terrible. Jesus Christ. I thought it was lava coming out of her box. I'm like, God, take this thing. <laughs> That's the, the second funny part of it, lava. Like, what? The hell are you talking about? It's a baby. Exactly. Like, uh, yeah. We got this. We have red lobsters, new crispy fried lobster, and cheddar bay waffle meal. I was ruining people's days by causing people to crap out of control. <laughs> Wait, you run that one back to me? Yes. Red lobsters, new crispy fried lobster and cheddar bay waffle meal might ruin your day because it's right it's causing people to crap their pants and crap out of control right now cheddar bay waffle yes like breakfast style waffle yes oh my god i don't even know dude like i don't i don't frequent red lobster that much not because i dislike the food just because i just it's not on my rotation but they do have those cheddar bay biscuits are good right they are yeah, they're good. Uh, I'm not. I don't. I don't. What, what was the lobster preparation on that one? Deep fried. Deep fried. Yes. See, wouldn't that lobster meat, crab meat, those types of things are like real easy to, to screw up if you start messing with them too much, right? Yes. So I would think. Excuse me. That when you fry a, like a lobster tail, and the lobster meat would probably get real tough and rubbery, wouldn't it? You would think it would. Yes. Which is the opposite of what you want. Like to me, whenever I eat any kind of shellfish, crab legs, whatever, I want to like douse it in butter. Right? That's the best part. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. You want to douse it in that butter, get it, get it, get it done. But nah, yeah, it just don't sound. It don't sound like something you want to eat. <laughs> that just sounds like your body recognizes that too. <laughs> Just, just glad that, that a, a unnamed office is not eating these, eating this. Cause that we know that what happened. That unnamed, unnamed office. Oh, I, I just got a, I just got a text message, Jr. That's actually what uh, the unnamed office is going to be having for 
what is that? Oh, Memorial Day. Memorial Day cookout. They've actually catered out Red Lobster. So well, we know what's going to happen. They'll be having a lot of parties and a lot of counseling going on. It's, it's going to be a busy summer. <laughs> exactly. Got this. Florida woman is arrested after being found giving birth to her brother's baby to spite his wife. So, it <laughs> was this like unbeknownst to the brother. Uh, the brother said that he didn't realize that he that he popped the sister and not his wife that night. <laughs> That's the biggest line of BS ever, dude. You knew exactly what you were doing. <laughs> Ain't nobody buying that, brother. You didn't know oh. you popped your sister that night. I mean, come on, bro. Like. That's gotta be the worst take we've ever, ever had. I didn't know it was my sister. Oh boy. No, I already know I, I know I popped my sister. And I, I thought it was my wife. Like I, it, it, what he was trying to go for was, like, if his wife had a twin sister. Like I didn't know it was her sister. You know, like he got confused because they're twins. But which may be legitimate if you're like, you know, really drunk or something. But. It's your sister, bro. You know. You know what you did. And now we all know. The world knows who you are. <laughs> exactly like real. Oh, God. It's just embarrassing. It's taking embarrassing. Like, he's an embarrassment to Florida. So Florida, he really is. Yeah, Trump. that's... That's saying something. And we get... Airbnb landlord sues renters for use for using house and linens for condomless gay porn sheets. <laughs> I mean, not that it matters, but I hope it wasn't white linen. <laughs> I don't know who it was. All I know is that there was condomless gay porn sheets. That- <sighs> I, I mean, I, I, you, you, <clears throat> this is what, I mean, I understand the whole concept behind Airbnb and all this stuff, but it, I, I always, it always struck me as a very risky proposition, not only for the, the property owner, but for the, the renter as well, you know, because you like at a hotel, they're, they have to operate under like state guidelines, right? So the cleanliness has to be checked. You know, they have health inspectors come in, so on and so forth, right? Mm-hmm. You go to an Airbnb. I don't think that stuff applies, and I could be wrong, but I, I don't, I don't believe it does. It's just end user to end user, right? Yes. So you run the risk of putting yourself into some real sketchy situations, and this dude, the property owner, got himself into one with this whole, you know, DL gay porn shoot. And some messed up linens. Now, <clears throat> that's not the only set of people that can do that, but still, that's <laughs> rough, bro. Yeah, that's pretty destructive there, John. Pretty destructive. Isn't it? <laughs> Destru- destructive. Yeah, that's a good word for it. Destructive. Man, uh, get this. Wait, what the? Elon Musk, 72-year-old father, is having a child with his stepdaughter was, quote, God's plan. 
Okay, so Elon Musk is the, you know, space travel guy and the driverless car guy, right? Yeah. Okay. And am I to understand from this story that his father, so his father slept with, that the father slept with his stepdaughter? Yes. It's having and, a child with it sounds, quote, God's plan. But that's not, not Elon Musk isn't the product of that. No. Okay. So he's having an additional child and that child is part of God's plan. Yes. Well, I mean, you know, all, all children that are born are in some way, whether big or small, part of God's plan, quote unquote. Right. So I guess he's accurate in some way, <laughs> but I mean, dude, what is up with the incest today? We got, we opened up with two, <laughs> two Johnsons being destroyed. Then we then we went to we went to my man said I didn't know it was my sister right like exactly and then this guy's sleeping with his stepdaughter have you ever seen the movie Joe Dirt I have it okay so there's a scene in Joe Dirt where he's hooking up with this chick and you know they're they're doing it and it's kind of like lame and boring and then he asks her if he can pretend that she's his sister to spice it up right so they do that and then it turns out that they actually are brother and sister (laughs) that's what it just popped in my head when that story when you told me that story like i'll have to send you the video it's it's pretty funny scene yes indeed yes indeed we also got this jeff van gundy on a national tv broadcast asked mike breen about what second what are second cousins and what can you do with your second cousin? Making reference in a veiled way to incest as well. Dude, what, what the hell? Uh, I don't know, man. JVG, I, I, he's, I always thought he was kind of like a normal dude. No? <laughs> Apparently not. Apparently not so normal. <laughs> oh, jeez. I don't know, dude. Like... Nothing. That's what you do with your second cousin. Nothing. Like, there, there are so many people on the planet right now. You have a pretty good chance of finding somebody outside your own gene pool. Like, go go, <laughs> go forth and prosper. Like, head out of your county, you know? Exactly. Like, dude, really? Boy, boy, boy. My man is my man losing his mind. We got this. Final story. Florida craziest. Two men robbed ex-lover in bull costume attempt to burn down a house with, quote, scatty sauce. sauce. The three-year-old name for spaghetti sauce. Scatty. So wait a minute, did you say two men? Yes. And it, it, they, they were both the ex-lover? Yes, dressed up like, like bulls. <laughs> so they teamed up on this chick? Yes. It's <laughs> terrible, dude. Uh, <laughs> oh jeez I don't know man I don't know I'm still trying to get over the incestuous junk destruction that we had going on on today's report like what well you could lead into it so guess Gus Gong was, what is your take on this week's report man I it's, I should have known when it started off with two with two uh, junk destruction stories that 
it was gonna go off the rails. So I didn't see the incest angle coming though. I thought that Three was a one them. and done. Yeah, no, I thought that was a one and done, but it turned out to be the overarching theme of the of the report today. <laughs> then we got Skeddy Sauce, we got then we got a crap incoming. Yeah. <laughs> throwing a stroller hit six flags, beating people six stroller six flags. Yeah, the black china just went berserk <laughs> but six flags like i don't know man. uh i still feel bad for the dude that got set on fire his, his junk got set on fire and then the other dude had his cables and bits bitten off that was rough so i buy a dog <laughs> uh i don't know let's how let's let's put a moratorium on the incest stories for i don't know maybe <laughs> forever <laughs> i hope i never have three on a wicked game uh, hey, listen, you gotta you gotta go with what comes your way, man. If that's the you know, if that's what's out there, you gotta, you gotta report the news, man. Yeah, we don't make right. it; we just report it. it may, I hate to rag on you, but I, I can only imagine how a certain unknown individual would handle these stories back in the day. How it was oh. responded to, so just like what? Oh, there would have been some exploding head. He actually might have hung up the phone on you. <laughs> I can't do this. Dial tone. Boo. <laughs> yeah, we lost our gift today. Dude's a what? You can't handle stories. <laughs> anti-incest. <laughs> He's anti-incest, which I can blame him for. Exactly. Well, folks, this is the support here on the Boss Man Show. And if you don't know, now you know, you know. Yeah.